1: products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit MFM.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
0: I'm Stephanie J. Block, and I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks, and we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business don't miss our chats with the season's tony nominees if you love theater and entertainment you are going to love stages podcast subscribe to stages podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net the best conversations i have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking when we're not 100 percent sure yet what to write
2: hopefully having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor.
0: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
2: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
0: Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from hell of sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day
2: welcome to this week's episode today I got to talk with Lau which was so exciting we talked about how he's doing in quarantine his new album how I'm feeling the process of creating that his mental health struggles and his foundation the Blue Boy Foundation which you should totally check out and so much more I hope you guys enjoy it and I cannot wait for your feedback hi Lau hi how are you doing
1: I'm doing pretty well how are you
2: I'm good. How are you? Are you at home right now?
1: Yeah, I'm at home. I'm actually in my studio.
2: So, is that where you do all your music?
1: Yeah, um, pretty much. I just got like a really cozy couch behind me and a little setup, a little piano, a couple synths, and uh, it's a vibe.
2: Is that how you've just been spending your days in mid
1: coronavirus? Up, yeah, it's like the one of the only things that's keeping me sane. I'm uh, quarantined with a couple of my best friends, and um, we just like almost every single day we're down here like 12 hours a day just like writing writing writing
2: how many songs do you think you've written
1: well we might start like five or six ideas but usually we don't make like five or six songs in one day we just find like which whatever we like vibe with the most and we might make like a couple songs in a day but i would say probably since we started locking up together we've probably made about 10 songs and then like probably another 10 ideas um yeah and a few of them i really really like so
2: Okay, so do you think the next album would be a Quarantine Edition?
1: I don't want to call it that because I think that <laughs> kind of dates it, but a lot of the songs will be made during quarantine for sure.
2: So I don't know about you, but during the quarantine, I have been listening to How I'm Feeling, which is oh, sweet. your most recent album. And I know you call yourself the one-man band. So my question is, if you could have anyone else in, in a band, who would it be?
1: Um, It would be... ooh. It would probably be, like, Harry Styles. Um, I'm going to say Jim Carrey. I'm going to say Chris Martin from Coldplay. I'm going to say Drake. And um, uh, Tony the Tiger from Frosted Flakes. I,
2: Man, I think that would be the most iconic band of all time. Yeah. What would it be called? we would be,
1: sick. Uh, we'd be called. We'd be called the most iconic band of all time, TM. Pretty simple. Yeah.
2: For the cover for your album... It is incredible. How did you come up with the idea to have uh, your different kind of personalities formed in colors?
1: Yeah, basically, it was like when I was listening through the music as I was finishing the album, I was like, there's so many different vibes, like so many different kind of genres and and like moods and I the album for me was sort of born out of this place of feeling very boxed in in terms of identity you know before and I wanted the whole album to be about kind of embracing all the different parts of yourself because I think that humans are really complicated and I think that the the world and the internet tries to mold you into having a singular identity but I think we're way more complicated than that so I wanted the the artwork and everything to represent like different versions of me and kind of like how they all work together to create this one man boy band kind of thing so who came
2: up with like each one and how do you assign um, the color?
1: This was just me, and then um, and then like my creative directors. we were just sitting in the room together, just like homies, and just like chatting through the concepts, and and um, yeah, we came up with six different characters in addition to the the real me. So <laughs>
2: it's brilliant. Thank I you. I think this one of the things about this album is there are twenty one songs. I know. What is the process of eliminating songs and choosing what has to be in like an album? Because I'm sure that's so stressful.
1: Well first you get rid of all the ones that suck. Um
2: uh-huh. <laughs> Smart. I wrote
1: probably about I wrote probably about fifty songs and then originally my idea was to make it fifteen songs. Um, but then like I tried to narrow it down to fifteen and it just like it just wasn't enough. So I kept like, okay, no sixteen, no eighteen, no twenty, no twenty one. And at that point I was like, Okay, it's not gonna be any longer than twenty one songs. That's like a lot. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Do you have a favorite song off the album?
1: Modern Loneliness, for sure.
2: Okay. Let's, I want to talk about that song because I think yes. it is so representative of just like where we are, especially with social media these days. Yeah. I always say that, you know, social media, it brings people closer that you don't see, but it takes you further away from the people you are with. Exactly. Um, so how have you I'm looking for advice for this. How have you maintained or kind of formed a healthy relationship with social media?
1: I mean I'm always working on that. I mean because it's very addictive, you know. Um yeah. it's like, it seems like we have an endless like an endless um, hole for attention. Like we you know like I feel like I there's a, like I'll be in a mood and I'm like I just want to post something so people give pay attention to me, you know? And I'm like that never fulfills anything. And I think just trying to get into moments where I actually have like deep conversations with my friends or like actually talk to my parents. Like I find myself a lot of the time, you know, avoiding calls from my parents or like my sisters or like my best friend because I'm like doing something else. And I'm like, well, you can't complain about being lonely if you're the one who's, you know, not not engaging yeah. in those conversations. So I'm trying to be aware of that. And um, especially now, I think it's actually been a little bit better because like we're forced. This is like our only way to connect with people right now. <laughs> yeah. We can't see people. So I'm finding myself actually doing things like going on live stream, like really like doing productive things that hopefully are helping people, you know, talking to my parents more often, talking to friends that I haven't spoken to in a long time. Um, yeah,
2: that's what I've been trying to do too. It's so hard though, especially with social media to find, um, you know, if you look at comments, a lot of comments are kind of fake nice and they're like, Oh my God, all that. So how do you separate that from finding who your real friends are and all that?
1: Um, I feel like I just don't take, I try not to take anything on social media, like with anything more than a grain of salt. I mean, just the people that I know are the people that I actually know. Um, And aside from that, it's like I kind of just – everything is – everybody has something to say. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't really think about it.
2: I think one of the things that I love about your music is you speak so candidly about things that people just aren't talking about. For example, Mm -hmm. your song Changes. I hate change so much. And I haven't heard a song about it. How do you just get to be okay with change? Because you wrote a song about it, so you must have some –
1: I mean, I had to get to a literal rock bottom before I decided I needed to make changes. Like I was at the beginning of January, 2019, I was like, like right at the end of that month, I was diagnosed with um, uh, OCD and clinical depression. And up until then, I was just struggling with it on my own and not really like realizing what it was and sort of downplaying it and being like trying to deal with it myself. And like, was just like, oh, I, I don't know. I kept like thinking like, it would go away or something. And I, and I, I started that song changes in that time. And it was like, when I realized like, I need to be open to something else, you know, or else I'm going to be stuck here forever. So I think it took me hitting a rock bottom to realize I needed to make changes. Now I'm just trying to like, after I got through that, I'm trying to just be like a little bit more brave when it comes to making changes. Like just be like, you know what? Like, it, it, it always works out, you know, if you have to change yeah. something in your life, whether that means like a relationship with a person or, you know, something in your career that's not working for you or something that's not working. You're not being maybe you're not even being a good friend and you have to make a change. Like I think just being aware of those things and being like, you know what, like we're humans are we're, we're able to grow and we're able to evolve. I really believe that. And I think we're naturally programmed to be afraid of those changes. But I think that, you know, we can override that fear. So,
2: yeah. You know, I actually, in the same time when you were going through your lowest point, I was too. I actually have OCD mm. too. And I find it, I'm curious what your opinion is, the misconceptions, because a lot of people will be like, oh my God, I'm so OCD when yeah. they're just not, it's becoming a trend when totally. it's actually, with yeah. me at least, it's like obsessing over thoughts.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, t- I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I feel like, um, I, I like don't want to be like, sometimes I want to be frustrated, but then I like don't, cause it's like, you know, like, I don't think people mean wrong when they're like oh i'm so OCD about this like what they don't if it's not really like a thing um but i think what what I realize is like, I mean, OCD, OCD definitely comes in many forms. You know, people it really think it's does. like, oh, it's like you clean obsessively or blah, blah, blah. You have to turn the light switch off seven times exactly the right way or whatever. And I know that that's definitely a very classic form of OCD. But, you know, in my situation, it's probably it sounds kind of similar to yours. It's like very I similar. have very obsessive negative thoughts that I like constantly need to get reassurance about. So it's like when I was in January, I was like having these negative obsessions about my past and like. Like really, really intense ones that I would just journal about over and over, trying to recall events from my past, and thinking if I could recall them correctly, I could be happy again. And I would like call my parents multiple times a day, my friends, my sisters, like trying to like tell stories from like two or three years ago and be like, did it? I don't know, like how did it happen? Like what happened? And like it just got to the point where I was so stuck in this hole that it was like I was fully withdrawn from reality, and it felt like it felt like what I needed to do. And that's the thing about I think a lot of like stuff like O C D or anxiety is it the voice becomes so loud that it tells you it's what you need to pay attention to no matter what. And it fully takes over your ability to live your life.
2: You should write a song about O C D.
1: Yeah, I mean It's hard uh, to
2: depict and you kind of did it really well, so
1: Yeah. I, I it's thank you for giving me a chance to like openly talk about it. I appreciate it.
2: No, I I feel the same way. That's actually why I started this podcast because when I was really anxious, I had nothing else to do. Really? So I'd listen to podcasts. And then I was like, there's nothing talking about what I want to. And then here we are.
1: That's amazing. Well, thank you for doing that.
2: I'm really excited to talk about just the song Sad Forever because Mm -hmm. I love that you've given a lot of the proceeds to different organizations to help with mental health. Mm -hmm. When did that journey started i know you wrote that song during a really difficult time so what was it like what is it like singing a song that it kind of brings you back to that time when you're in a good place now
1: it's actually quite beautiful like i would sing it on tour and i expected to be really sad on stage when i sing it and maybe i do at the beginning maybe i am a little sad but by the time i'm like halfway through and everybody's screaming the words and like it's just this beautiful moment where i'm like Everybody is at some different point in their journey right now in this room. You know, some people are really in a low place. Some people are probably in a great place. Some people are fighting through it. Like it depends, depending on the day for me, I'm in any of those places, but especially like when I can have that perspective of like, look how far I've come and look how possible it is to get to know to know what it's like to be in a place where you don't think it's possible you'll ever be happy again and you'll ever want to really live your life and to actually be in the place where you are happy and you do want to live your life fully, it's like it makes you break down. You're like, I'm so thankful. You know, that song is such like a a grounding song for me. It really
2: is. And I know you talk about just like the importance of talking about mental health. Um, What has the fan response been like? Because, you know, you attract like-minded people. So what has that process been like?
1: It's been actually really positive, you know. I was really nervous to kind of start opening up about it, but people were really appreciative. People shared their own stories, like a lot of people, you know, fans, friends, family, people I haven't spoken to in forever, started texting me and stuff. And um, it's also kind of heavy though, because now a lot of people I think like they think I have the answers, and like, um, and some. You're still going through up, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm still going through it, and I wouldn't. Wanna, I'm not a professional, you know. All I can do is speak about my own experience, and. You know, it's it's like it feels like a responsibility, and um, I'm happy to share everything I go through. And I sort of believe that's like my purpose as an artist. You know, is to share what what I go through and what you know what m- my life is because I know if it if my life is this thing, that somebody else's life is likely also that thing. And that's one of my favorite things of, of the human experience is like kind of relating to somebody else. So, yeah. what is it?
2: What was the hardest song on the album where that you were most hesitant to put out just because it was so like true to you
1: i mean modern loneliness was definitely a hard one um yeah i think also you know julia and i'll and i'll let that song speak for itself but just you know um i think that's like the first time i've just kind of written basically like an apology song just straight up put it out there but yeah
2: i think it's very strong to just put your um your life in the public eye. So, how how do you deal with everyone put, putting in their opinions and giving what they I don't think. do that.
1: I don't always do that well. I try I try to like remember not to care. I mean, that's one of my biggest things right now as a person that I'm working on is I think a big part of like self-security and like confidence is getting to a point where you don't really care what other people think about you except for the people that you know know you really well and that you love and like they love you on like a real deep level. And then it's like, oh, if my friend, if my best friend thinks I'm a bad person, or I did something, not a bad person, but if I did something wrong, okay, I'm listening. But like, to not let the the endless, you know, endless voices on the internet dictate my mood, you know, it's like the worst, like, so I'm trying to just get to a point where I'm like, do I feel good about myself? Do I feel like I did the right thing? And yeah. From BBC
2: Radio 4,
0: Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
1: is going on a
2: road trip.
0: Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
2: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor.
0: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
2: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
0: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver.
2: So I know you talked a lot about meditation and journaling, and I'm curious because I could never get into this. Okay. Help me, because I've heard so so many great things about it.
1: Yeah, meditation. Meditation is an interesting one. Uh, I couldn't get into it for a long time either. I would try to use apps and stuff, and I would just get. I would do it for a week, maybe, if I forced myself, and then I would fall out of it again.
2: I get bored.
1: But no, I feel you and I would, get, <laughs> I would get anxious Like during it. What really helped me is a certain type of meditation that I do that like one of my best friends in the world showed me. He, he used this form of meditation to really get me out of my lowest points. And um, it's it's pretty simple, basically. I mean, and I want to do more like guided meditation stuff like out there on the Internet. But it's basically, you know, the basics of finding a comfortable position, closing your eyes, putting your. Um, arms out palms facing upward you know taking an initial breath and with that initial breath imagine everything that's weighing you down everything that's making you anxious stressed out worried everything that doesn't serve you imagine it falling away and basically speaking through this whole thing like whenever I do it I do it with people or I speak to myself and um Yeah, it's basically like kind of starting from that place of like letting things go, kind of imagining, you know, thoughts that are hitting your mind, kind of bouncing away and acknowledging to yourself and to whoever you're with that it's okay to take a moment for yourself, your spirit, your mind, your heart. Um, Talk about just like imagining the front of your chest opening up and opening your heart entirely to receiving energy and giving love. And then it it becomes sort of like I'm not really a religious person myself, but it becomes a bit like prayer. Like I start talking about, you know, like sending love to various people in my life, like people, you know, that my family, my friends, people that are suffering right now. Um, and and then, sorry, I'm kind of rambling, but this is all that's really no, helped me a lot. No, it's like
2: very helpful.
1: It's really nice. And then I kind of, it's a lot of it's also like speaking like, because I find when you speak from your heart, there's almost no better way to, to be in the moment. Like Once I start not thinking about what I'm going to say in the meditation, I just say whatever naturally comes up. It really becomes powerful and I get to a flow state where I feel totally unaware of any thought except for right this moment. And so I'll talk about, you know, like like say things like let us pray for guidance, like let us have... You know, the courage to to follow our you know to follow our guts and to and to you know always be becoming be becoming a better person and it's a, it's a lot of kind of speaking things into fruition and and if you're with other people speaking your love for them you know because sometimes it's hard to express the way you feel towards people um, in a normal social setting for whatever at least for me so this is like I love to meditate with my best friends and to just um, you should just.
2: You should do yeah. it live, like just meditating. Because I would listen, because just to kind of get everyone in their own head, because that's hard to do, especially in quarantine by yourself.
1: I know. I tried to do an Instagram live meditation, but I think it was kind of weird because I was just alone speaking to the phone. So I think people But you, like, should, like, join, keep doing. you should like join, you should
2: guest with somebody, and that way it's like. Yeah. Less
1: that would awkward. be nice. That would be really nice.
2: And then journaling.
1: Yeah. Oh, journaling is one that I've like tried in the past, but I'm not good at. I don't really do it anymore.
2: Right? I, I like, I can like do it like speaking to my phone, but yeah. like. I just, when writing, it just, I don't know. I'm actually taking a creative writing class, and every morning they make you journal for it. I love so it's that. Like,
1: it's like keeping That's me awesome. accountable with it,
2: which yeah, is yeah. a nice change of pace for once. Yeah, it's
1: that.
2: good. I want to talk about your foundation that you started. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Blue Boy Foundation. How did you... Yes. What, first of all, why did you want to start a foundation?
1: Um, I wanted to do that. Well, it was, it was tied into Sad Forever. You know, when I when I wrote Sad Forever and then I was starting to get to a better place, um, um, mentally, I wanted to, one, tell the story, um, of kind of like what I was going through, um, release Sad Forever, tell the story through that music video as well, and then take all the proceeds from the song and find various organizations to, that, you know, that are working in the field of mental health and to, you know, allocate that money and basically, um, with my team and a couple other friends and actually my, my fam- a couple of people in my family are on the board. We've made this foundation called Blue Boy Foundation where, yeah, we're just um, trying to find ways, you know, collecting money and donating money to various organizations all over the world, um, collecting a dollar on ticket sales. Each, there's like a ticket tax on each concert ticket that's going, you know, through the foundation. And I mean, my goal with this year, my big goal was to sit down with an organization in every city that I go on tour to and to meet a local organization that's, you know, in the field and learn how, like, other than just raising money, what are other ways to help? Because, you know, I think there's a lot for everyone to learn, and especially myself. Um, but, yeah, I just kind of wanted to start doing something like that. So,
2: I think one of the things that people relate to most as an artist is just your honesty. Do you remember the first time, like, you felt a connection with a fan that was beyond music and that you they connected with your mm. life?
1: I'm trying to think. Um, I think what, like the thing that first kind of tripped me out was like, when I started to see people get tattoos in my lyrics, because then it kind of like hit me like, for me to get a tattoo of a lyric, like <laughs> I would have to love that song so deeply. Like I, I would have to do it in a song that changed my life. And I think that's when I was like, okay, like this is something serious, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I
1: think that's a big one.
2: That's crazy to think that people get. Ta- do you remember the first time that happened?
1: Mm hmm. It was I think it was in the first one I saw, I think was in Chicago, one of my very first shows. And it was like, I forget what it said, but it was on it was on her finger. But um, yeah, crazy.
2: I'm always surprised with musicians with anxiety, how they can just perform in front of a bunch of people, because I can't imagine doing that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I feel like I get more anxious around a small group of people than I do a big group. Really? Mm hmm.
2: I feel like it's so interesting how it's different for everybody. Yeah. Do you have your favorite tour memory?
1: I played a show in New York a couple years back where I just remember for, I don't know why it was so pleasing, but I liked, it was like the first time I took my shoes off on stage and it just felt like such a moment to me. I felt so calm and so <laughs> grounded and it was so amazing. It was so good. I don't know. It was such a good show too. It was like, a li- I think it was kind of around a little bit after I like me better came out and it was like, you know, that song's about living in New York and I wrote it in New York and then being back in New York playing it. It was just special.
2: You went to NYU, right? Mm-hmm. What was your, ex- cause I live in New York.
1: Okay. Yeah. And
2: I'm about to do the whole college thing. So okay. can you give me any advice? Because did are you, you looking oh, like, at NYU? I'm looking at everywhere. I'm mainly looking at schools in California because I love it, California, but oh, I'm always, okay. I'm always curious at NYU. What did you study there?
1: Music technology.
2: So that must help in, with your career.
1: Yeah. I mean, so basically it was like audio engineering. Um, I feel like I feel like, I mean, honestly, some of my favorite parts of school, like, school-wise, where I did a minor in psychology, I really liked that. The, um, I feel like a lot of what, like, don't get me wrong, like, having a music degree, like, definitely, like, helps, and I learned a lot. But I feel like a lot of, really, what it's about, especially in something like music... You don't, I mean, first of all, I, I don't want anybody to think they have to go to school to be a successful artist, successful producer, successful, like, so many people don't do that. Like, I just, I just don't, like, I don't subscribe to that. You have to go to school for this. Like, you know, whether or not you can even afford it, like, I wouldn't even say you should feel like you have to go. Um, it's I was for lucky. every person. Yeah. And I was lucky I was able to go and. Um, I really enjoyed my experience, but it was really about like in that time making, you know, the connections and meeting other people who are like-minded and creative and making music with them, working at studios, interning, all of that was super important. But I think, you know, if you have the luxury to go to school and it's something you really want to do, just finding a good like atmosphere, you know, finding a place that you feel like you can imagine making a lot of great memories at and a school that feels like in line with like in terms of a program that like feels like who you are and that you'll find like-minded people and also people that are not like-minded that'll help, you know, uh, expand your perspective on life. But, um, yeah, NYU was, was a great experience for me. Yeah.
2: I know you interned at a lot of places and Brutland for a lot of people. What was the most memorable story you have from your interning days?
1: Mm, I think probably there's two. One was, standing in an elevator with jay-z when he's coming up and i just didn't say anything it was like like him and a security guard and i just stood there because like as an intern you're like they're like don't talk like don't talk to these people you know what i mean it's like just like shut up like you know what I mean? And i'm like okay fine because i wouldn't even know what to say in general that was probably the craziest yeah <laughs> There's, like, pretty strict rules, like, when you bring in the food, like, don't say anything, like, don't. Like, I think it's actually nice. Like, I would feel more comfortable to be in a situation where it feels, I mean, this is kind of why I don't love big studios, is it feels so, like, formal to me sometimes. I love working in my house, because it's just, like, me, my friends, whatever, no rules, do whatever. Yeah.
2: How much of your album did you write in your house?
1: Uh, most of it, yeah. I would say a good, like, 70% of it or something.
2: That's crazy. Do you have any, I know yeah. you have crazy collabs on this album. Like you have BTS, you have Alessia Cara, mm-hmm. all incredibly talented people. If you could have any other person for the future, like nothing off limits.
1: Uh, Drake. Let's do something with Drake? Drake. That'd be so sick. Yeah, and then <laughs> I've I just growing up, I was such a huge Coldplay fan, so I think it'd be crazy to do something with Coldplay. Well, Martin.
2: you're doing the band, so
1: yeah, yeah, right. He's gonna he's <laughs> gonna be in the band. True. True.
2: Okay, I know you've dyed your hair, and I actually, like, dyed my hair purple. I don't know if you can see with this, like, it's faded. Oh, yeah. And when you try,
1: yeah, I can see a little bit, yeah.
2: If you could dye your hair another color, because I know you dyed it, like, a bunch and of colors. colors.
1: I don't know. I'm kind of, I think I'm over all the crazy colors. Honestly, sometimes I think I would maybe go back to a certain type of purple or blue if it was short again, but I think I'm going to grow it out. I'm going to see what happens as I grow it out. I don't know.
2: Is it going to become curly again, do you think, with blonde? <laughs>
1: I don't know. I mean, probably if I let it grow, it'll keep being curly. I just don't want to go back to the curly brown hair. I want to do something different. So we'll see.
2: You could always like do a mohawk. Oh that could be God, your I'm thing.
1: Mohawk. That could be crazy.
2: Or like you can so dye like I a smiley know. face on your head. <laughs> or like a blue light. Sick. Mm-hmm. Sick.
1: Keep, keep coming up with the ideas. They're great.
2: Okay. I'll keep, I'll keep thinking. Do you have a favorite quote? Maybe favorite you could put quote. that on your head.
1: Whoa. I don't know if I do have a favorite quote. Maybe just, it's lit. That's a pretty good quote.
2: I think so. I've actually, when I can't uh, turn my mind off at night, I have like a list of quotes on my phone. And some are so stupid and some are the best. But this one is like, when I first heard it, it like blew my, my mind. Okay, ready? It's, anger is a punishment we give ourselves for someone else's mistake. Love that. Like, I don't even know who said that. but
1: Yeah, so true.
2: I don't know. When I heard that, it just blew my mind, and it gave me a different yeah. perspective on anything.
1: I know sometimes when I'm mad or something, I realize you have to like look back and be like, you're 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 hoping that you're gonna affect the other person, but really you're just affecting yourself. You know?
2: Yeah, I'm always really curious, like the process of things, and I think a lot of people they just see like a music and it's done and it's out, and you don't realize the work that goes into it. So like what? Oh, for sure. So like what is the process of? creating a song because i'm always very curious because every artist is different
1: yeah Yeah. i mean for me lately it's been a little bit different than it used to be like it used to just be like sometimes on piano sometimes on guitar like i'll get a melody or i'll be walking and i get a title or i'll get a lyric or i'll just be making a beat but usually it's been like sitting with my friends somebody else one of my friends um johnny starting like a beat I pick up the microphone, I just freestyle stuff and then we're like, "Oh, that sounds really cool." And then I'm like, "Oh, so the song is about this now." Like I never go in being like the song is about XYZ. It's sort of like playing around until like the music feels like the concept and I feel it all and then I just kind of like flush it out from there.
2: Freestyling the stresses me out.
1: Me too. I just started doing <laughs> it this year. But like the more you do it, the more fun it is and the better you get, so it's cool. The way I see like the way lyric writing should be or the way I want it to be for me is the same way I'm having a conversation with you. I'm not saying, okay, I just said the word yellow, so I need to... It's just the words come out of my mouth because they're the true words that I want to say. And I feel like that's what I'm trying to do with my my new music is just hear a chord progression or hear a beat and say whatever it is that I feel with a melody and then just go, cool, you know?
2: How how long does it take to write one song, would you say?
1: Um, As short as like an hour and then as long as, I don't know, a couple months, I guess, but usually, usually in like a few hour range. Yeah.
2: I ask this to a lot of people, but what do you want to your music to be remembered as and your legacy?
1: Hmm. See, I never really think about that kind of stuff because it freaks me out. I just focus on right now. That's um, what I
2: try and do, but I like to ask people.
1: Yeah, I don't know, because I think by the time I get there, my answer is going to be so different. You know, I guess I just hope that my music will always feel like it's evolving and that it's, it's honest for whatever, wherever I was at that time. Um, and yeah, I think it's just genuine and evolving are kind of like the, the things that are important to me and, you know, that, you know, I think includes this idea of like what's really important to me at least right now. And I imagine forever is making music that, that I think really connects to people in a vulnerable way. So yeah.
2: What's your goal for 2020? been a my weird 2020 so far my, it's been a very long 2020
1: few goals for 2020 another album uh get a girlfriend <laughs> only if it's natural uh,
2: but that's hard uh, though especially with like i i've been joking around with my friends and i've been saying you know if i find love in isolation then i can write a book called finding love in an isolation and that will be like just on, that's pretty like,
1: tight well you should write it anyways and it should be about self-love Finding Love See? and Isolation about self-love. That's pretty good.
2: I feel like that could just be your next song. You can That's take really it. That's
1: really good. I'm going to have to steal that.
2: Okay. You can take it.
1: Yeah. You'll get, you'll get like some percentage though. Okay. <laughs> sounds
2: good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast.
1: No, thank you. And thank you for all the questions. It's really good vibes.
2: Thank you. I think what you're doing with your music is so important. And thank you for talking about things that need to be talked about more
1: course no, i'm just doing, doing what feels right like.
2: thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode make sure you listen to how i'm feeling check out the blue boy foundation follow love on instagram at Lauv songs you can also follow me on instagram at that's that's i-t-s-s-a-m-m-y-j-a-y-e and if you haven't already please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment if you'd like i would love to hear your feedback and i will see you guys next week bye
0: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later,